Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer. In studio today, Travis Waldstein, Air Serve Heating and Air Conditioning in Council Bluffs. All right, how many furnace calls versus air conditioner calls are you getting now? You know, that's kind of a daily thing. The mornings, the AC's broke, and the afternoons, the air conditioner's broke. What we had to go see a customer last Monday is 93 degrees or a week ago. Right. And his AC is broken. He called Saturday when it was over in Iowa City, and his furnace was broken. He was like, why didn't you check your fr- our furnace was here? Because it was 93 degrees, and you didn't want to turn on your furnace that day, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> That's the life of a heating and air guy. Yeah, it, 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 it is. But, yeah, we're starting to get a lot more calls. Uh, maintenance tune-ups, uh, replacements. I know I got three people I got to go see this afternoon. Um so it, it's a good problem. We've got a couple projects, uh, finishing one up down in Hamburg and one out in Elkhorn, and hopefully be done with them projects for a while and can stay a little bit closer to home. Speaking of home. Yeah, speaking uh, of home. Speaking of home, you brought somebody here that is rather familiar with where you live, how you live, and uh, just what your day-to-day is like. Probably doesn't like how I live, but that's a start <laughs> for another day. So, yes, we brought my other half, the person that allows me to do half of the stuff, most of the stuff that I do, my wife, Amy Walston. How you doing, Amy? Hello. <laughs> she she's we'll teach you here amy real quick that uh travis has a thick skin and it's okay you can just unload we'll turn this into a therapy session yeah, hey, yeah don't worry we're here not not couples wrong. therapy we're gonna leave him out of it <laughs> i used to say i li- i live with all men but i am the queen bee that makes sense that's still true by yeah. the way well i would think you kind of have to be Without it, you'll get ganged up on pretty quick and be run out of your own house. Hey, the boys are still scared of her. So (laughs) there's a story where they got in trouble in high school, like their senior year, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it's like, well, I said, first of all, you got to fix this problem. I said, number two, if you had to tell your mom, your mom's at work. So, you know, you go tell her at work, she can't scream at you right there. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, has a good memory. Proud, proud. Oh, there's a lot more of that. Memory. <laughs> We're not going there. Proud parent moment, though. So, uh, but uh, what are some of the things that? I mean, obviously, you came in uh, with an idea of some of the things you wanted to talk with Amy about, and I'm guessing that it has more to more than just to do with how your air conditioner is working. Oh, uh, yeah. Listen, she knows she knows about as much about air conditioning as I know about medical. Because she's, you know, she's an IC nurse. So, I mean, she's very good at what she does. And so, you know, this being the circle of trades, you know, and nursing, I believe, is a tra- is a trade realistically. And so, you know, she's on the front lines. I'm going to let her tell her. She's worked with COVID. She's training. She's teaching. She's the drill sergeant. If you don't want to go to the nursing home, she's the person you want because she's going to drag your ass through the hospital to get your butt out of bed. So... You know, so I'm going to let her kind of tell her story with what she does a little bit and talk about bringing young people in, why they should look at the medical nursing, what it's done for her. So. Just like that. Okay. <laughs> no details. <laughs> so I've been a nurse since 1995. Um, it was my mom's idea. And, um, you know, when you don't, you're young and not sure what you want to do, you kind of follow suit with what your parents want. And so... As it turned out, it's it's a fairly great career for for as far as versatility. You know, there's 50 angles of nursing, 
you can do case manager, you can be in the operating room, you can work with kids, you can work with adults, you can work with hospice. There's so many angles of it and it's the same schooling. You know, you can you can start off, um, you know, a lot of people start off back in the day with LPNs. They've kind of gotten phased out. Um, they, they brought it back a little bit with Iowa Western, you usually become a LPN first and then and then you go on to your RN. We highly, highly encourage people to go for their register, regular registered nurse because um, you have more options, hanging IVs and, and doing different things that the state uh, requires to be a registered nurse. As far as a four-year degree, I was a nurse a long, long time, years before I got my four-year degree. Mm-hmm. That part doesn't that part doesn't matter so much, but um, it matters that there, it's so versatile. If you don't like one style of nursing, there's another style of nursing, and you can get it at, in a two year degree and get yourself started and be in the business pretty fast. Speaking well, where did you start at then? I well, we lived in Northwest Iowa, so I went to Mason City's Community College. But I mean, as far as in nursing, though, you said you, you can move into a different area. What when you first entered into the field, what was it that you were doing? So I did long term. My first job was long term care, me, two aides, and fifty four people. Yeah, that was tough. I would say back before that, even before you became a nurse, when she was in school. And here's the thing, uh, you know, she worked at a place called Opportunity Village. And so she, you know, where she worked with people with developmental disabilities and got to do the interactions and do, I mean, she wasn't giving shots or anything like that, but she worked a lot with that. And a lot of people that you know that I've, you've, I've talked to, you know, maybe went to go be an aide or, you know, just a, does, don't have a degree, not sure that's what they want to do. You know, just to come try it, try it out, see, is this something, you know, can I deal with the blood? Can I deal with the urine and the poop and the other stuff that you have to deal with? Am I, am I, am I correct with that? I mean, that's where a lot of people start. Some people start off, you know, in high school and they're become aides in the hospital or in the nursing home. And then maybe they move up to be a med aide and then they move up, you know, finally to be a nurse. It's just... I mean, the school's hard. I'm not going to say it's not, but um, a lot of people are going through it. And we, the baby boomers are the largest population, and they're aging, and they're, um, it's becoming a very open market for medical. And obviously, during COVID, we all worked a lot. You know, where people were sitting home not, not working, medical people were working fast and furiously. So, um there's just so many angles that you can do with it for a two year start off with a two year degree and just go from there. Yeah. And when you, st- I mean, you had a two year degree till what, 2015, 2014, 2015, um, hospital she works at Jenny Ed, you know, they're part of Methodist. They want, they want to become what a magnet hospital. Is that, was that what the deal was? And they wanted all the nurses to get a four year degree. Yeah. Methodist, um, health system, Methodist Maine is a magnet hospital, which means you have so many four-year nursing degrees. Given that that's our sister hospital, I figured it was coming in my career. And so I didn't want to be behind the eight ball and not um, have one. But what's going on now is, like, you can come and work for Jenny Edmondson, and you can be there like a year, and then you can start in, and they'll pay for it. 
So what you do is you have a five-year commitment post, but if you're working there already, it's not that big of a deal. Is that a fairly common thing in the industry that uh, if, if a hospital wants to bring someone in that they will eventually pay for the training to get them there? I can't speak for CHI specifically, but Methodist Health System for sure. There is, is major growth opportunity, you know, and, and if you change jobs within the health system, you keep your benefits, you keep your pay, you keep all those things. Um, and that's a plus instead of starting over. As far as medical also, like when I first started as a nurse, I didn't realize I was never sick. I wasn't in the hospital. I didn't realize all the other aspects of medical, you know, to be a CAT scan tech, to be a speech therapist, to be, to be a, um, do ultrasounds, do all those things. There's a lot of medical things that that the school doesn't talk about. They don't bring up these other things that are medical that people don't even realize. So there are some opportunities to job shadow while you're in high school so you can see what it's all about and then kind of see if it's your if it's your thing. So that's something to think about too as a high school student. What type of questions do you get from, I mean, I'm assuming you've been around some of those high school students that have come through or maybe are wanting to learn a little bit more. What are some of the questions that you hear from them? I do preceptors. I do like the 150-hour preceptor. They're at my hip, 15 shifts, and I am a drill sergeant to them. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh. And I, I grill them questions all day long, and they remember, and they do well. Um, because I'm not in there to... Yap about the weekend. I'm in there to really teach them and and do stuff. And so, um, these high school they they don't you know in high school you don't know what you want, and so you're kind of just seeing everything. And and sometimes I can't tell you how many hairdressers I know that went to school to be hairdressers and now are nurses. It's a lot. It's really? a, yes. There's something something with that connection. I would have never guessed that, but okay. Yeah, and then the same with paramedics. There's a there's a fair amount of people that become paramedics that ultimately end up becoming nurses too because you have more leeway as a nurse than you do as a paramedic. You can you can do more things. And then the aspect of climbing the ladder of nursing, you know, you can yes, a, you can have a four-year degree, but the the master's thing is a real deal because you can be a master's in education. You can be a master's in as a nurse practitioner. Ultimately, them usually become them people usually become doctorates usually, so they can definitely prescribe. But how long would you recommend that a young person give it if they're if they're trying it out and they're seeing if this is something that they're interested in? How long should they continue on with it before they can comfortably say this is for me or this is not for me? Usually, if they get their CNA and they do it. You can tell the the good ones right off the bat, like the people that just have a natural. If I see that a person naturally, I think would be a good nurse, I just start talking to them, coaching them, like, "Hey, maybe you should consider going back to school," you know. And then they'll have be like, "I don't know," you know. They kind of, you know, people are scared about stuff like that, and so you have to. Um, the people that really you think can do it, you you just you just start. Talking to them, talking to them, pretty soon they do it. They become that. 
the nice part about with what she's done where she's been at for a long time too is you know they work 12 hour shifts so she works three twelves. well if you got young kids you know you have four days off a week you know and you don't have to pay for daycare every day you know that you can do other stuff you can go grocery shopping um hayden's got a baseball game at three o'clock or you got to go to the doctor you got to do whatever it allows for a lot of flexibility and now not every hospital you know i can't speak for a bit across the country but at least locally most of the hospitals here are 12 hour it, it allows for a lot of flexibility and time you know where you're not you know you could work more hours don't get me wrong but you know she has that flexibility you know especially with our kids growing up always had stuff going on and pretty much that's where the schedule is kind of well what's Amy's schedule because my days were five six sometimes seven days a week so it's kind of hard to plan around my schedule but you generally knew what hers was a month out as long as as someone remembered to look at the calendar I don't know who that would be but uh, um, you know so for a lifestyle and then you know frankly when I first went in the business if it wasn't for her having being at the job where she was at you know she had the health benefits um, you know, and, and, you know, had, had a stay job. So when I went to start off and I think a lot of people that are in the trades find it to have that person, because when you start out, I mean, you're not a millionaire and you don't have benefits and you need to have something solid in place to be able to allow you to go to business. And I, I couldn't do it. It'd be even to this day, if something were to happen to her, it'd be a hell of a lot harder without her here than with her to be, you know, here and, you know, be involved and at this point, she's not really involved with what I do per se, as far as the business is concerned, but a lot of, but a lot of what I do happens because she's able to do what she can. Otherwise, yeah, it makes life a lot tougher. Well, one of the things with our business is I was a nurse for so long and I, I'm not the best nurse I ever was, but I, I'm consider myself good at it. You know, we're like, for example, my sister answers the phones for our business. She's better at that ten times over, and you gotta you gotta get the right person for the right um, job, I guess you'd say. So, and and that's the same with nursing too. I mean, if if um, you don't want to work with kids, or um, I I know a lot of people that I work with do not do not have the desire to work with kids. This is not babysitting. This is not having your own children. I mean, putting an IV in a baby's head is pretty des- devastating, you know? And and so, you know, we tend to push for adults, you know, at the hospital. It's not that everybody doesn't love children. It's just sick kids is a different thing than than having your own kids and babysitting and all that. So, um, you know, I, and I work in intensive care, and so my job is to make the best of a bad situation. And it's not that you're saving everybody, but you're if you if the person is, you know, maybe gonna pass away, then you're giving them um the most dignified care that you can at the end of their life and and really fostering the uh families because this is they're gonna go on and they're gonna live and, and you don't wanna have hard feelings like disagreeing on how the medical should be can be sometimes there can be some family dynamics with patients families and sometimes you need to kind of be the referee on how how that's going to go down and and make everybody have a peaceful end to a to a patient's life 
and um, mm. the best compassionate way you can be, I guess. I will tell people if you're married to a nurse, mm. part of your job as the husband is to be, or, or wife, whatever it is, to be the psychologist because after they've had a bad day, they're not going to drop names, but you're going to hear the good, the bad, and the other. There's some days come home, it's great. Someone went home, someone really likes you, like she died. Uh, you know, somebody, because they were on drugs or alcohol, tried to take a swing at her. I mean, not try to discourage, but this is some of the stuff you run into. The good you run to people in their best moment and their worst moment, kind of all in the same shift, and and every day is different. And so, the mental part of that, um, I don't think people understand. You know, it's probably the physical part's tough, but I'd say the mental part of it's even tougher at times. Am I correct on that? Yeah, it's, we we encourage you know coworker bonding, I guess too. So. You know, sometimes you want to talk it out what happened or if it was a more stressful situation, you kind of you kind of talk those things out. So that way you're the calm in the storm of their of the situation instead of being a hindrance with your um, even as a new grad and stuff, you kind of there's always a second person behind you helping you get through these tougher situations with people as far as it goes on like. Like he's saying that drugs and alcohol. The one thing that I do like that's happened, it is a felony to hit a healthcare worker, and I've been subpoenaed to court over it, as an example. So there has there is some stuff that goes along with that, and and we take that kind of stuff really serious, and so you have to put in some ground rules for some people that start getting aggressive, and you and I'm really good at dropping the hammer immediately. On that kind of stuff. So you start swinging, we got problems fast. Yeah. I could see that, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, you're not you're not a lady that I would want to mess with. No. Because, I mean, I, I, that was one of the first things I noticed about when you came in here. You, you have a commanding presence about you. <laughs> and, and I think that that's necessary for the job that you have because yeah. and it's not just to stay in control of the situation but your patients need to know and they need to feel like there's someone in the room that is in control boundaries right yeah but also for example say you're going to go for a mri and there and people get claustrophobic and are scared of that i've, I've probably sedated three people in 20 years because people trust me I'm like, I would not knowingly put you in harm's way. It is just noise. Tick, 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 boom, boom, boom. That's it. And people trust me. So you, you, you be, if you exuberate that kind of background knowledge, then the patient, they do trust you. And then they, they go from there, you know? So I don't know. No, I think that, um, that type of philosophy, I think, applies to a lot of different areas that, um, in in many cases, and I'm, I'm going to guess, Travis, the same for you, that when you walk into somebody's house, they they want to know that there's someone in charge that they can trust Absolutely. Uh, with that situation. And when you're talking about your health, it's even amplified yeah. that having someone there that uh, can exist exude that that confidence is only going to reduce stress which believe me what i know about stress is a lot it it can have so much effect on everything else oh absolutely you know we 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 talk about this at home we're both in a needs business you know 
no 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 one really cares about the heating and air conditioning until it don't work. You know, no one likes to go into a hospital until they're in a hospital and they're in a bad situation. So, um, you, you know, it isn't like going buying a new computer or a new car or a new house. You know, we're usually seeing people when they're not in a good situation. Everybody acts a little bit differently. Um, the difference is in my world, I tell somebody they got a dead compressor. And, and you know it's going to cost some furnace and AC is going to cost some eight to twelve thousand whatever the number is going to be, you know she gets to have a very real conversation that says, um, you probably ain't going to be going home. Got to be making some life decisions there, you know a little bit di- a little bit different conversation, but it's a lot. Some of it's the same, but it's at a total different level. But it but if you're a compassionate person. You know, and I think to be a nurse, you have to be compassionate. Um, but to be a compassionate, caring person, understanding person may not always agree. But, you know, to be a nurse, that's not her job is a necessary degree. It, it's to do the best that she knows what to do for her patient. The same thing for our customers. It's it's all about listening and seeing what the best course of action is. Sometimes people's family members get focused on, well, they haven't ate for a couple of days or something like that. But... It's like, well, your mom can't breathe. We need to focus on that. You know, sometimes you got to put people in perspective of what's happening. That's more the the seriousness of the situation. You gotta you gotta prioritize and kind of foster what what needs to take place. And then, you know, like I don't hold any secrets. Like I go over the lab with people, things like that, and it, I do think it decreases people's anxiety. As far as I wanted to touch back on. Travis's know-how, you know, Travis might come to somebody's house and biv overhauls. And, and I like my biv overhauls, <laughs> by the way. And, and what we have found, with especially in Council Bluffs, Council Bluffs is a very working business um, population. They work hard, and they don't want any fluff. They don't need slick, willy salesmen telling them stuff. They want a person that knows mechanically what they're doing they want to be able to trust somebody on fixing their home and so sometimes he actually has better luck just being a regular guy telling them you know real deal stuff and 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 we we're almost honest to both of us are very honest to a fault or maybe puts puts ourselves in a in a what i want to say not even good for the business because we're so honest that that we're like, well, we could replace it, but you could fix it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you could just tell somebody just to replace it. Yeah. But we're, we're like, well, maybe you can fix it for a while and get yourself ready for if, you know, we're going to have to replace it down the road and plan for it. But, you know, sometimes there's different companies that will just say replace it automatically. And that for us, that's not fair. We feel that people of Councilblast work really hard. And we want to to value value that, and we want to be very direct and honest with them, and as much as we can, because we know that it costs a lot for heating and air conditioning, and we don't want to put them in a bind, but have them prepare like, hey, your unit is on its last legs. We do need to, you know, look at doing something, but we could maybe get by for a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's. Um... Well, that exact philosophy it applies to so many different things. It applies to what I do for a living when I'm talking to somebody about advertising. In this community, 
if somebody feels like I'm selling them something and, it, and it, they feel like, uh, okay, he's just trying to push something on me and he's taking no consideration into what my feelings are about it, it's not going to work. Right. Now, I will say this, and I'm not saying one side is better or worse than the other, but it's different on the other side of the river in Omaha. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Yep. This side of the river needs to, the way that I've explained it to people is that I believe that this town is very welcoming as long as you want to be here. Uh, (laughs) exactly you don't want to be here right you want to be here now if you're just dipping a toe in and running back no that's not going to work and it it goes through everything and and it's really interesting how that same philosophy you in the nursing career brought up that same thing that that is been the philosophy of what i do here when i'm talking to people about advertising Mm-hmm. It does mean no good to try to sell them a bill of goods and, you know, try to gloss over everything. No, here's what it is. This is what we have. Let you make the best decision you can for yourself. We have a situation Travis can talk about, the good, better, best situation, and I think that's important for heating and air conditioning. Well, you give people choices in life, you know. It, you know, like I said, if you tried to sell me a red truck, I probably wouldn't own it because it's Nebraska color. So. Okay, there's my slam. So All right, yeah, I, he, we've gone this far, and he hasn't said a word about yeah. the color of my shirt yet. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I got told that cyclone red by Patrick. So it's it, me, 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 me and Mr. Combs might have to have a talk about that. But you know, he, well, it's not Husker red, yeah, but it's it's not cyclone red either. But you know, people want choices. You know, I don't care if it's repair replacement or just options you know and she talked about this i was at customer's house the other day um you know 23 year old system uh company was out there said the compressor's dead this is dead you can't fix it blah blah we went out there furnace runs it's old ac runs it's old um so we don't know what they diagnosed but i mean we read the diagnosis like it's totally wrong got it going then we talked to him do you want to do something now or do you want to wait, roll the dice, and, you know, if it's that old of a system, I'm going to tell them, say, hey, listen, especially coming to heating season, do yourself a favor, go spend 50 bucks at uh, Home Depot Menards and buy a couple carbon monoxide alarms, one for each floor, just to protect yourself, because alarms are cheap and your life isn't, so that's the conversation I have. You know, and just understand that at some point, sooner or later, you're going to have to do, do that situation, um, you know. People want choices, you know, and I, I think you have to respect that. Not everybody, you know, not everybody's got a lot of money. Not everybody likes to finance. Not every, a lot of people like to be able to budget and save and, you know, pay cash for it, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's your money, it's your home, it's your whatever. You got to make the best decision that's there for you. Now, and I give you choices, you know, if you want to talk replacement or even repair. My guys will talk to people about just doing a simple fix or a better fix. We leave it up to the customer to decide what they want to do because at the end of the day you know it's their money and want them to be happy with the decision that you know that they made you know you know she runs in the same stuff you know at the hospital too you always got a choice you can either get up and walk and get better and hopefully go home or you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself and end up in the nursing home what's your choice you know and i mean you know, sometimes you have to have, you know, a little bit different conversation, you know, but people make choices. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking when I was 25, I had my appendix taken out uh-huh. and I'm laying in a hospital bed and I'm just whiny and uh, I didn't want to get up. And they kept telling me that I had to get up and I said, and I, they started to lift me up and oh, oh, oh it hurts. And uh, the nurse looked at me and she said, look, either you're going to sit up or we got to put in a catheter. 
Oh, <laughs> and I said, "All right, here we go." And, <laughs> you know, good, better, best. What is? <laughs> What's your choice? How, what I do is on walking. For example, there's five benefits of walking. Um, one is it helps prevents blood clots in your legs that can go to your lungs to kill you. Um, number two, it opens up your lungs to prevent a secondary pneumonia. Number three, it gets your colon going. It's called peristalsis. Your colon kind of works like a snake, and as you walk, it promotes the colon going. Um, number four, obviously muscle strength is a given. And number five, it it clears up you mentally. If you're a confused patient from electrolyte imbalance or pain medicines not getting through or whatever, it, it seems like if you walk patients a whole bunch, they mm -hmm. clear up mentally. And so you, I find that knowledge is power. I don't just say do it to the patient. I give them the reason behind it, and so then they want to help themselves. I have a lot of people do, like, bed exercises. If you're waiting on therapy to save your life, plan on being in the nursing home because, realistically, the, the therapy has to work with other patients, and they can't just you know, spend all day with you. So at some point you need to take interest in your own health and do your arm exercises in bed and do your legs exercises and your foot pumps and things like that. Same with coughing and deep breathing to help prevent a secondary pneumonia. There's a lot of things that you can do if if you're pushed to do it. You know, that little breather thing, the incentive barometer, it just sits at people's bed side. It's like, you no, know, we really want you to do it. And if you have to be told to do everything in your health, you're probably going to fail, you know, because you have to want to help yourself to it to a point. And when you don't have that person standing right next to your bed telling you exactly what it is to do and you don't have any understanding of it, then when that person's not there, no, you're right. You're not going to do it. Yeah. So what I try to do is foster the benefits that you can do for yourself to get out of here because if you see it, then you, you start getting doing things, you know, for yourself big time. You want to get better. And, and, um, I, I kind of <laughs> passive aggressively tell the, tell the patient in front of the family. So then the family gets on their case as well on, on it. So then they take a, a passive aggressive interest in this, in the patient's care. <laughs> she gotta, never does that. I'm looking at an eye You got to have, you know, utilize your resources. That's how I say it's it. It's kind of like, you know, I say at work, you know, when I, when I say, Hey, we need to look at getting something done. That usually means do it. Yeah. Apple don't fall too far. For, <laughs> we might need to think about this or like the other day, Hey, we need to change the sheets in the morning. It's like, Okay, I wasn't even out the door. It's like we gotta get these done before you leave. So it's passive aggressive. It, it it does work. So, hey, before we wrap this up, I there's there's another aspect to this that I want to talk about because work life obviously is very important in in the stuff that we've talked about here. But there's also the second part of that, which is your home life or the part is away from work. The two of you are extremely busy. Uh, very successful in what it is that you do, and you have successfully raised a family. Yeah. How did you find that balance in order to continue to uh, achieve what you have at the level that you have and still be able to have the family life? And uh, because I've met your boys. These are, these are some good guys. So uh, how, how do you say that you, you create that balance? Um. I think one of the huge keys is 
Um, my husband wanted to change a cycle and he wanted to be present where maybe his dad wasn't very present in his life. And I think that having that dad presence, um, for somebody to always go to, I mean, moms are great, you know, give me some dinner or, or do whatever. But, you know, when it kind of comes to talking about, I don't know, sports, like I don't know sports, you know, so he can talk to them about that. But, you know, my husband was a coach for other kids too when he, when they were younger. And so their friends tend to come to him still like a coach and, and life experiences and, and, we're not sugarcoating type of parents. And so um, you need to pull your bootstraps up and, and get with it. And that's how we have raised them. Obviously, we have two Marines. And then we kind of have Sheldon for Big Bang Theory as, as our other son. And so... and <laughs> Yeah, I know. But I've, I've met that young man too. And, and th- when we recorded with him and I watched him wrap around the entire... Uh, what it is that he does in IT into how he learned these skills in the trade and the work ethic that he has, I thought it was genius. I, I thought it was very well done, and it, it's no wonder that he's a success. He graduated from college two weeks before he graduated from high school at Lewis Central. Um, he was the first person in like 10 years to do that. So a lot of people get college in high school, but they don't get a two-year degree. So you got a regular two-year math degree. And college. There was a $2,300 check I'd write to. Because <laughs> <laughs> we went over the maximum credits that they would pay for. But we, yeah, that's, yeah. <sighs> but as, our, as our, our, you know, Hayden always wanted to be in the Marines. And so he was in the Marines. And and he did HVAC in the Marines, too. And and he obviously liked that aspect from his dad. And then he and then he continued on with it. And in, in during the Marines, they... Um, uh, they wanted him to fix something, and and he could. Cl- they didn't want him to fix something. He could clearly see it's broke, and then they asked him, "Well, how do you know that?" And he's like, "Well, because I've been working for my dad since I was twelve years old, you know, and and doing stuff." And and that's the thing is, these kids they wanted to Hunter. Hunter went on his first service call. I think he was four years old, and he helped us. We carried a furnace down to a lady's house. She was about eighty five years old, and we. Hunter, he wanted his own shirt and his own hat, and we took him right with us to this service call. And um, he was great till he saw the toys in the basement. Then he was like, <laughs> I'm done with your service call. Thanks. Now I got these toys over well, here. Well, that, that is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, uh, I think she thought the gal the customer, was The customer absolutely was loving it, that it was family-orientated. You know, and in our business, my sister does answers of phones, my we have like a my foster daughter kind of situation to my sister. She does works in our books. Our son works in the business. Our other son IT. You know, I mean, it is truly a family business. But even our workers, I mean, like came over for Christmas. <laughs> you know, I mean that kind of thing. So we do have a family based business. Yeah, it is. Sometimes I'm like the father. You know, sometimes I'm the boss and the father. Sometimes it's in the same conversation, sometimes in the same sentence. So I got to put the boss hat on and say, okay, well, now I'm talking to you as your dad and now your father. And like I said, in business, it'd be politically correct. You shouldn't do that. But when you're working with a bunch of young 20-somethings, sometimes you have to have that conversation. So they have to understand 
where you come from. You can't just sit there and say you have to do it this way without them understanding the why behind the how or the how behind the why. So makes for it makes for interesting fodder sometimes. Well, did this uh, did this go as you thought it might? Bringing your wife in? Well, she hasn't thrown anything yet. We might get outside. It might be a different deal. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure she was probably pretty nervous walking in, like everybody else is. You, you, you know. So well, this is. Uh, I explain to people that what I do for a living is as close as I've ever gotten to getting paid for not working, because I, I sit here and I talk, right, and I ask questions, and it's. <laughs> about as least the least threatening thing that I know of. But not everybody realizes that until they come in and they sit down and then I can see a little light bulb go off a lot of times. Oh, I get it now. I'm going to do one more plug for Jenny Emmitson. Please do. I've worked there 23 years. I have a lot of coworkers that have worked there 20 to 40 years. To me, that's saying something for a, for a place. Nowadays, people don't have longevity in their jobs. And... You know, it, the the building is old. We're remodeling. We're putting in a cath lab. We try to do evidence-based practice there. So that way um, you're bringing cutting-edge information and staying on top of things. The doctors have went, to further tr- have went on to further training um, so we can do pacemakers and we can do um, special lung procedures and things like that. And we have all these specialists that are there now. We bring in life lights from other communities to Jenny Emmitson. Um, you know, if it gets to be a transplant or something like that, then we send them on to a, a med center, for example. But um, we have a lot of stuff there, and it's it's um, Jenny Cares really is a Jenny Cares. So yeah, they even put up with me, which is pretty scary. <laughs> I've been fired from two doctors in my lifetime. I'm sure that surprises nobody like at all. <laughs> so. It's not that about that lack of filter that I have, you know. Yeah, I'm familiar. Not, not listening, you, you know, <laughs> you know, or maybe selective listening. Well, I was, to be honest, I was slightly nervous, when, just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit when we brought you in to talk Hawkeyes on the radio mm-hmm. because it's different than podcasting. Hey, I haven't dropped any f bombs. No, you haven't that. dropped you. You haven't you haven't done anything improper on that show, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. You know, now, if you have me as a guest on the morning show all these times for like the whole morning, we may not play as much music. We might have a lot more conversation. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, can, uh, I can see that uh, happening. Uh, but. You know, because I'm like the guy. That like, I, I like to talk. I like I like to talk about the world stuff of the day. Like the Swifties being down in KC tonight. So, you know, <laughs> you know there's important things <laughs> that I don't care about in life. So, but, you know. And it's, it, it's helping uh, – the Kelsey sell jerseys. That's right, and, and oh, NFL money in general. Oh yeah, it's making it's, really it's making booming. a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Really booming, really serious. Yeah. Now, and as far I, I I wish them only the best. I'm sure they'll be fine. Well, did you see that in, in Minneapolis this Sunday? There's a bunch of Chiefs people, but there was people with purple '89 self uh, Swifty shirts on too. So you wait, every team in the league is going to have a Swifty shirt. NFL jersey. Probably. You, you, you just wait. It, it's coming. She She's going to make bank on this, and she wasn't even trying. The yeah. Jason Kelsey documentary went to number one as well. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty said. good documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's great. It's, it's a good, good one. Even if even if you're a Falcons the, fan or Packers fan. The quarterback 
the quarterback show with Mahomes and, right. and all them was a good too. I don't know if you've watched. I've that. watched. Uh, I've watched a lot of that. Yeah, that's decent. You know, and well, of course, Mariota's in that. Uh, although yeah. he's not the quarterback in Atlanta anymore. But yeah, yeah, that's the kid from Cincinnati. That's your quarterback now. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Ritter. Ritter. That's it. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins in that too. You know, I still want the Vikings go zero and seventeen along with the Cowboys, but uh, you know, I cannot dislike Kirk Cousins after watching that. Yeah, did, did Travis show you the picture I sent him last night? I was in the Dallas airport. Oh, yeah, I, I was I was at supper with a Cowboys fan when I got that. I showed it to. I was I was just about to buy something from there too, and I thought, Nah, we better. Better just let this rest. It'd be like buying a Husker jersey for me. It'd probably be in the probably be in the burn pile. Well, I did. I actually wore a a Husker uh, sweater once. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, there was an ugly Christmas part, oh. ugly sweater Christmas. Oh, uh, I do have. No, wait so a that's minute. why I wore it. I do have that. What says celebrate great, greatness? It's all the athletic directors and coaches they fired. I got to add Scott Frost and the guy that got fired last year. Uh, um, yeah, I've got that shirt. I wore it on the hundred block for one year. You know, it says celebrate greatness, and then you know it's got all these, it's fantastic. Well, we we'll, <laughs> we'll turn this into a sports podcast real quick because we got to wrap it up. But it's uh, um, I'm a little nervous about being able to continually kick Nebraska fans for because what I saw in the Illinois game. Uh, Illinois is not a good football. Team I understand. However, yes. their they, defense is they good. finished the game. Which is not something we've seen out of Nebraska in a lot of years. Yeah, they I, I, need to. It, it's going to be a six to three ball game in Lincoln this year. I can tell you that right now. You think so? Oh yeah. Wait, wait. Their offenses and the way our offenses. If Deacon Jones goes six for twenty one like he did versus Purdue. Yeah. Although the guy's got keen for an arm if his receivers would catch anything. So we'll see. I'm, I'm go, we're going to Madison, by the way. Oh yeah, you told me that yeah. that you're you're going to the Wisconsin game. Yeah, we're gonna go see Northeast Iowa, and we're not going to our franchise reunion. So well, bring me back some cheese. We can do that. <laughs> Don't tell me what new Claire spotted cow. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, it was uh, a pleasure. It was uh, I, I, a lot of great information and a lot of things that I didn't know, so and yeah, I appreciate and, it. And you see the kind of woman that puts up with the bat shit crazy <laughs> that I am. I Well, I knew part of the quality she had to have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you both, and we thank you for listening to this episode of Circle of Trades. We're back again next week with another. Until then, take care.